It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by PrizePix. PrizePix is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to prizepix.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week. You might be already in it. It might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. I've got Kylan Mills with me. We're going to talk about two big stories today. The WNBA is finally expanding to the San Francisco Bay Area, and the Golden State Warriors are going to own that team. And we also got some clips of Stephen Curry and Chris Paul working out in training camp. Some more news from training camp as well. Preseason basketball is just around the corner, but right now it's locked on Warriors. You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. In fact, For our live shows, we're exclusively on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You can follow Kylan Mills on all all social media platforms at her name. Super easy, Kylan Mills. And you can follow me on threads at Dog Wild. This program is on Twitter at Locked On Dubs. Kylan, it is great to see you. And we're going to start off with the news of the WNBA expanding Uh, to the San Francisco Bay Area. Marcus Thompson actually broke the story a week or two ago. It's now official. They had a press conference. We're going to play some sound bites. How are you doing? And what is your first reaction to the WNBA coming to San Francisco? Great to see you, Cy. Doing well. Very excited to be talking about this. It's a monumental and historic day in Bay Area sports with that announcement that a WNBA team is finally coming to the Bay Area I think that it is the perfect ownership group. I think it's very interesting that they're going to play at Chase Center. That's something we can also dive into a little bit more. I hope at some point the team does get their own um, space, their own gym, uh, all that kind of stuff. But I think it's great. Joe Lacob came out and said that he's going to invest the resources necessary to make this a winning team. He flat out said we will win a WNBA championship in the first five years of existence, which is a very lofty promise. But we've seen the type of investment that Joe Lacob has put in the Golden State Warriors and the outcomes that have resulted from that. 
So I'm really excited to see that happen on the women's side. I think this is massive for women's sports and basketball because the Bay Area is a huge TV market. It's a huge market to grab more viewers, more yep. fans of the women's game. There's already extremely competitive women's basketball here in the Bay Area. Stanford is one of the best women's college basketball teams in the country. California on a little bit of a downslot right now, but also has been a premier program. So I think it's very exciting to now have a professional team right here in the Bay Area where young girls can watch and see women in their own communities who are role models. Uh, so I think it's awesome. I think it's exciting. I think it's long overdue. This is the first expansion team since 2008 when the Atlanta Dream were added to the WNBA. So long overdue, a big problem in women's basketball is the fact that there are not enough teams to house the amount of talented players that exist across the United States and the world because players do come here from other countries to compete in the WNBA because of how mm. competitive it is. And the collegiate system breeds so, so many excellent female athletes that don't have anywhere to go. You also look at ad dollars. There are advertisers who want to invest in the women's game and there aren't enough outlets. So I think this is fantastic. The more expansion for the WNBA, the better. Keep more talent here in the United States. Give more women opportunities to play at the professional level. Give more investors the opportunity to invest in the women's game, advertisers to put their dollars into it as well. And I think it's going to be a recipe for success. People in the Bay Area love basketball, not just men. Also mm -hmm. the women. So I think it'll be very exciting. Yeah. No, I wholeheartedly agree. I'm really stoked that uh it's this is finally happening. I still, you know, I I should also do my own research because I haven't done much of it, but I know that the Bay Area used to have a WNBA team. I think Jennifer uh, AZ played on that team, and I don't know why they left or they folded. I have no idea what happened, but I'm stoked it's finally back. I agree with you that it's a ridiculously long wait, 2008 uh until 2025, a 17-year span between uh expansion teams coming to the WNBA, I feel like the, 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 the sport of basketball in general is just growing so wildly in popularity globally um, that both leagues should expand. I mean, I know that the NBA is planning on expanding by two teams. Um, I honestly feel like the NBA should expand by four teams. I don't see why not, you know? I mean, the, the, the pushback is always smaller market teams are not experiencing the same growth uh, and the same success as bigger market teams are. But, I mean, whatever, man. I don't know. I, I, anyway, so um, let's hear from Stephen Curry. Can I make uh, something really quick? Couple... Uh, the Bay Area yeah. has never had a WNBA team. It was the Sacramento Monarchs. So there so... was a women's team in Sacramento from the late 1990s to 2009. I'm pretty positive oh. there was not a Bay Area team. I think you're just thinking of the Sacramento Monarchs. Maybe. Um, maybe. maybe. I, I could have swore there was one that played in San Jose. I, I'm just tripping. That's just the... I guess so. I think uh, you're tripping. I think you're tripping. I'm tripping. The I guess so. Monarchs, the Sacramento Monarchs were in right. the WNBA. They folded in 2009. I know that. They won the 2005 championship. I think that's what you're thinking of because I am pretty positive that the Bay Area itself didn't have a WNBA team. Yeah, my memory's faulty during my years in college, and I think that's when that happened. So funny how that works. Um, let's listen to uh, Stephen Curry, um, who's always been a, a, a strong proponent of women's basketball and the growth uh, in that field. Um, and he's excited to have the WNBA come uh, to the Bay Area. So let's listen to Steph. Steph, you've been quite a champion for women's basketball. So how big is it and impactful is it that a W team is going to come out here to the Bay Area? Uh, it's awesome. Um, uh, I remember being in Charlotte back in the day uh, when the Sting showed up for the first time. 
and the energy around the city was awesome. And so knowing the journey of the WNBA and uh, the opportunity for expansion and the fact that you have a team here in the Bay is going to be going to be fun. Obviously, we're paying attention to the finals are uh, a couple of days and you know, there's no better time for, you know, growing women's basketball, women's sports in general and the investment in the game. So it's exciting. I know there's a lot to kind of, you know, to figure out to be announced, team name, the schedule, all that before summer 25. But just the fact that, you know, like you said, it's growing, it's expanding, it's here. Uh, it should be awesome. And I'm glad he brought up the name. That, to me, is one of the funnest parts of this right now because a nickname has not been announced. A team name has not been announced. I mean, may, who knows if they're going to call themselves Golden State as well? I have no idea. Have you thought yes, about so that? Yes, so Lakeup did say they're going to be called Golden State. Something. Ah. We don't know what the full name is. We don't know what like the mascot will be, that type of thing. But he did say it's going to be called Golden State to represent the entire Bay Area. Northern California, it won't be San Francisco. It wouldn't be Oakland. You know, it's going to be Golden State something. We know that. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. So um, the yeah, I, off the top of your head, have you thought of any cool names? No, I haven't. I know there's a couple people that have threads about what it should be called. I don't know. I don't have any good ideas. What about you? Um, I heard, I saw uh, someone referencing like some Marvel name tied into Valhalla. It's like a, a, I think a Thor reference. I forgot what the name was. I saw someone reference that. No, I have not at all. Um, <laughs> I want to see if there's any names here. Uh, I don't know. Kylan is, is Golden State Rainbows. I have no idea. What any thoughts on that? Andre FRBK suggesting that in the chat. Is that divisive? Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't know. go with that, but I don't know if you, what you call that exactly. Uh, I don't think you're like insulting anyone. Uh, Douglas Mike's. It's just a weird name. Douglas Mike's writes Golden State Amazons. Why Amazon? Is that insulting as well? <laughs> I, I got to be careful here a little bit. I don't want to get us in trouble. Uh, what, what's a uh, the Golden State Light Years. I don't think the Warriors would go along with that. Um, Golden State Bridges. Okay, you throw the names out in the chat. I'll, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll read them out if it's not insulting or offensive. I apologize if you, any of those were. I'm, I'm, I'm having a hard time understanding if those are or not. Those are uh, Dakari Point Dexter writes Golden State Spartans. Okay, tied into San Jose State. All those Spartans don't really have like a Bay Area connection, right? So it have to be. Like, I mean, the 49ers to me have like one of the perfect names ever because of, you know, 1849 when the gold rush started. Um. <laughs> you know what one that has I have seen come up? Because I remember it came up with the women's soccer team as well. The Fog. Golden State Fog. Golden State Fog. The thing All is, right. I feel like Golden State Fog doesn't roll off the tongue. But like, I get the idea behind being called the Fog. Like, just yeah. the Fog by itself. But I think Golden State Fog does it. Because I can't remember what. With the soccer team, I remember seeing it suggested quite a bit being like the Bay Area Fog, maybe. But I don't think Golden State Fog sounds as good. But Fog is one that I've heard people suggest. Okay. AC wrote what I, was refer what I was trying to think of earlier that I saw online, which is the uh, – oh, no, not that one. Uh, the Valkyries, which I think is like a, a Thor reference. I, I've, I saw someone like make a logo from that. I don't know. Um, Golden Girls. I saw people suggest that for the women's soccer team as well. Douglas Mikes and Andre yeah. just mentioned that uh, in the chat. I did with the women's soccer team. People brought that up as well. A Bay Area Thunder is another one that I've seen people suggest. Ooh. Tribute to the Warriors Ooh. old mascot. 
I don't hate yeah. that. Portola with the dig, the golden high state taxes. I mean, I don't know if you're aware of this, Portola, but Texas actually has higher property taxes. True story. Um, all right. So uh, if you have any suggestions, I do like the Golden Girls. That is actually kind of awesome. Uh, phenomenal show. Uh, let's listen real fast to Steve Kerr. Um, he also had some thoughts on the WNBA's uh, expansion. Again, this is huge news. It's going to create a lot of opportunities here. I think anyone who just wants to get into sports media or just professional sports, period, and, and work for a team. I mean, hopefully, as I've, I've brought up before, the Lakers really do treat this like a completely separate enterprise. Um, so, so let's say someone uh, who's working for the Warriors now just doesn't have the workload doubled. Uh, you know, I want, I want some fresh faces. I want, I want more opportunities for folks. So, yeah. um, yeah, anyways, by the way, uh, real quick, Kylan, I don't know. I feel like you follow the WNBA better than I do. I'm just, I, I could be wrong on that. So correct me at any point if that's not true, but, uh, Glanzer gaming, for example, writes, and again, this is where there's always going to be trolls. For some reason, some folks, uh, out there just don't just want to crap on success, uh, regardless of who's enjoying it is writing. How do you expand an unprofitable league? Is that true? Is the WNBA, in fact, unprofitable or is he full of, you know what? Do you know? Um, I believe that the WNBA did make money as far as like what the actual profits were. Uh, you know, I don't know. I would be I, I'll look that up and do some research. Yeah. On it. Um, but what I remember is reading a report that said the league did bring in 80 million dollars in revenue a couple seasons ago. Um However, a big portion of that is distributed distributed amongst the players. Um, so, I mean, there is revenue that is being brought in. It's They're not losing money in the WNBA. And the thing is, the TV deals are only going to grow because viewership is up. That's yep. one thing I can absolutely tell you. Viewership is up in the WNBA this season. You look at the women's collegiate game. I know for a fact, because I read all those numbers, you can name them off the top of my head. Women's college basketball, the final four got a record viewers. The national championship game in 2023 had a record viewers. It was 10 million viewers who watched the national final uh, for the women's collegiate game. The final four averaged 6.5 million viewers across that whole weekend. So Someone's watching. Someone's watching the women's game. So, uh, you know, I think with oh, the yeah. viewers, the TV, the TV deals are going up. Ad revenues going up. And yes, my point is that I think the WNBA is profitable, Absolutely. and it's only going to grow. But people are watching. Absolutely, and 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 of course, people are starting to make it political already. Like John Brooks, California gas or California has some of the highest income and sales taxes in the U.S. We also breathe some of the cleanest air and drink some of the cleanest water. So I don't mind paying a little extra for, for the benefits that we get here. Um, we're not going to make this political. We're going to move on. Uh, when we come back, <clears throat> we're going to talk about training camp, maybe some finishing thoughts on the WNBA. Kylan, if you ever disagree with me, jump in as well, please, and put me in my place if I need it. Um, but, yeah, nothing else in the chat. Anything about the WNBA? You want Any final thoughts before we move on from the subject, Kylan? Uh, I'm I'm super excited. Okay, so wait, I just found an article 2023 saying that the WNBA is going to pull in at the end of the season between 180 and 200 million dollars, according to Bloomberg. Now that is a drop in the bucket compared to what the NBA makes in billions, but that's profitable if you ask me. And like I said, it's only going to grow as viewership continues uh, to grow as well. So. I'm excited. I think it'll be great for basketball fans in the Bay Area. Everyone on the Warriors came out and said today they were totally on board. They were very excited. Joe Lacob's really fired up. 
Um, so I think it'll be great to see women's pros coming to the Bay Area and expansion for the league is a positive. And according to multiple reports, Portland is the next market on the horizon that likely Ooh. would be added as well. And once again, all this is happening in 2025. So still a little bit of time, but it'll be here before we know it. I love it. I love it. Uh, so congrats uh, to Joe Lacob and Peter Gruber and the rest of the Warriors organization. Uh, you achieved your goal, which was an expansion team. They've been talking about this for years. Uh, yep. When we come back, we're going to delve into training camp. Uh, there's a lot to talk about there, including Steph and Chris Paul, some footage of those two working out together, uh, practicing some pick and roll plays. Clay Thompson had some comments regarding uh, defending the power forward position, a task he's likely going to be uh, given for the preseason opener this Saturday when the Warriors play the Lakers. Uh, and I will be hosting a post-game show after that game here, so definitely join us for that. First, though, got to give some love to Bird Dogs. And Kylan, I got to uh, somehow set it up so um, I get your husband Charlie his Bird Dogs. I've been holding onto these clothes for a while now. I know he's going to love it. I love my bird dogs because their philosophy, in my humble opinion, is all about exactly what men are looking for when it comes to clothing and fashion. And that's being comfortable while looking good doing it. So if you just want to chill on a couch all day, but you want to look damn handsome doing it, buy yourself some bird dogs. If you want to sit on a couch all day and suddenly realize, damn it, I got to go outside and get some food. I forgot about this social event. I don't want to change my clothes. You don't have to. That's what Bird Dogs is all about. It's super comfortable. It's super stylish. So go to birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA right now or enter the promo code LockedOnNBA at checkout for a free Bird Dogs water bottle with your order. I got Charlie one of those as well. That's birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your Bird Dogs off. We promise. Where is it? Where is it? You. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. For the everydayers out there, again, we're going live uh, Saturday night immediately following the preseason opener between the Warriors and Lakers. So join us for that. Follow the program on Twitter at Locked On Dubs and follow Kylan Mills on all social media platforms at Kylan Mills. It's super easy. Um, so, Kylan, training camp is in full swing right now, and there are a couple clips out there. Uh, that we're not going to show you. I mean, we're mostly an audio-based platform here. I know we're on YouTube, but uh, we don't have. I don't know if we have the copyright to show these clips. They're out there, but regardless, um, there are like 30-second clips out there, little highlight of, uh, uh, packages of 
Stephen Curry and Chris Paul working out together. Um, and this has been one of the many fascinating aspects of the Warriors going into this year, because I don't know if anyone can say with conviction how this is going to go, right? Like, how is the CP3 fit with the Golden State Warriors going to – how is how is this going to fly, right? Until we see it on the floor, there's no way of knowing that. Chris Paul is going to be starting uh, Saturday's game. We know all about what he's been saying throughout the offseason when it comes to his role as a starter. He wants to start. Draymond Green's injured, made the decision super easy for uh, Steve Kerr. So uh, Chris Paul, again, uh, and Stephen Curry have been practicing the pick and roll. Um, it's a beautiful thing to watch. And here's Steph talking about these workout drills between himself and his longtime colleague, Chris Paul. Did you play much pickup with him this summer? Yeah, a lot. Same team. Mm -hmm. And then obviously you have these first three days. How how much have, has it become more comfortable? And just, you know, what are your early impressions of, of those lineups where, where you're both in? The, 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 I guess the summary is it's, it's mad fun. Like, it, I get the rebound, I push. I can throw it ahead and transition knowing he's pretty sure with the ball. He makes the right decision. He's been really good catching and shooting when he's open, uh, moving out the basketball. We have me, him, and Clay in certain uh, runs this summer where he was calling out stuff that he had been scouting against for years. And it kind of came kind of the joke of, you know, the different looks that he knew were, were coming. And he's like, oh, yeah, I used to do this. I used to do that. So it's pretty seamless really to be honest and i mean there's challenges in terms of how we match up and you know making sure we're um defensively sound and and how we, we we play on that end of the floor and how we adapt with the other three guys that are that are out there with us whoever that is but offensively really seamless because we're just playing good basketball and you know, whether it's whatever kind of organization you've been from from the time we were kids, that's how you used to play. So kind of remember that. You know, Kylan, I think offensively this could work out beautifully. I, you know, I don't see how other teams are going to have an easy time defending those two players. My concern is the defensive side of the ball. When you have Chris Paul at six feet, Stephen Curry at six two, six three with shoes on, playing defense against backcourts that could be six five, six seven. What are your thoughts on this on this tandem? They're going to start together Saturday night. Your thoughts on this duo? Shaking my head uh, for those of you who are listening and not watching on the stream. I mean, I've said it throughout since the announcement was made that CP3 is coming to the Warriors, and Steve Kerr flat out said it. His biggest asset is going to be the non-Steph minutes. Non-Steph. Non-Steph. Um, I understand they're starting him in light of Draymond Green being injured for this first preseason game and unclear exactly when Draymond is going to return due to an ankle sprain. But I think long-term, the plan has to be to separate them. Uh, I agree. I just think beyond just CP3 and Steph teaming up, I just think the lineup as a whole is going to be too small and too old uh, to be able to really hold up against the likes of the Denver Nuggets and some of the other best teams in the NBA. And now you've got to worry about Milwaukee. They added in, you know, Devin Booker into the mix. So to me, you have to be really cognizant of what these other teams are going to be bringing. And I think the Warriors being so old and so small, it, it's, it's going to be a problem. Sorry, did I say Devin Booker? I meant Dame. Um, Dame into the mix. Um, okay. And you know what? I just... I, 
I think they're going to be much better apart than they are together. I'm very excited to see CP3 working together with Dario Saric and oh. Jonathan Kaminga. Those are two pairings that I think are going to be excellent in the second unit. So that's what I'm the most excited about. Um, I'm glad that CP3 and Steph are working together, working on the handoffs, working on the screens, working on the connection. Like, that's fine. But I am the most excited about how CP3 is going to pair up with those guys in the second unit, specifically Saric. I just saw an article today about how those two could possibly have the best, you know, chemistry and be the most potent pairing on the team in terms of the second unit and second options behind, you know, Steph and Clay and the guys that are starting. Um, so I'm really excited to see how he works specifically with Saric and Kaminga more so than how he works with Steph. I just think as a whole too small, too old. I don't think mm -hmm. that starting lineup competes against the best in the NBA. I mm -hmm. mean, do you see that starting lineup competing against? No. No, I mean, and in I fact, think right actually, now you just have to look at the Nuggets because of what the Nuggets did in the West. And like, let's say they're the ones with the target on your back. If you want to win the West, I don't see that starting five. If the Warriors go that small, and I just I don't see how that's going to be competitive. I don't know. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I you know I hosted a, a, a it was a panel today with uh, four other locked on hosts, and when the topic came up with Chris Paul, that's what the other four locked on hosts are talking about. It's like, like, well, how is that going to work? Um, you know, like Andre FRBK, for example, wrote in our chat just right now, Kerr said he wants CP3 for non-step minutes so they won't be on the floor too much. If that's true, then why is he starting Saturday? He like, they, like it's, I, I agree that that's probably what he wants, but Chris Paul is not making like easy with these like demands and these comments pertaining to his role as a starter. He clearly wants to start and that's not beneficial for this team. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Um, I hope this whole experience, because I don't think Chris Paul should be starting even now. Even with Draymond Green out, he should not be the starting point guard. They should be bringing in someone who plays a style of game similar to Draymond. So in this case, maybe it should be Kaminga, right? Maybe, uh, I don't know, Sharich maybe should be. I, don't I think know. they could do either. I think they could do either Kaminga or Sarge. Even though Sarge's game is much different than Draymond's. I think either way, they both have length, right? And yeah. this is more similar to Draymond. But I, I agree with you. I wouldn't go with the CP start. I think Andre makes a good point. They're easing, they're easing CP3 into yeah. this coming off the bench role. Because, you know, Steve made those comments not so subtly the other day. Well, yeah, you know, he's going to be in the starting lineup, but really excited about his non-Steph minutes. That's where he's going to, you know, I feel like he's planting the seed and trying to just like lay it on him slowly versus coming in and ha just telling him flat out, listen, you're on the bench. I feel like they're trying to massage it a little bit. Yeah. And that's exactly, and that's and my, my, and my, just to add to that, my, my point, I guess, is this need to massage it, this need to like tiptoe around his sensitive, you know, ego when it comes to him starting. It's just ridiculous. Like focus on the goal, which is a championship. Who cares what your specific role is? I thought that was the whole point of all these complaints at the end of last season from, from Kerr yeah. and everyone else was like, you know, we need yeah. chemistry. We need connectivity well i thought that that's part of it is people buying in and i don't see chris paul buying in if he's forcing his way into the starting lineup that's a detriment to this you're team on, you're on point i totally agree that's a thousand percent what i've been saying as well yeah. I, I was shocked when he first came in and made those comments um like what do you mean what what makes you think i'm not starting because to me that should have been discussed when the trade was made like it should have been discussed upon him coming to the Warriors. Are you willing to buy into a role that involves coming in off the bench? Yep. Because if he doesn't buy in, it's going to lead to problems in the locker room and mm -hmm. the Warriors cannot afford any type of cracks in the culture because that's exactly what happened last season. And it didn't work. 
and that doesn't lead to winning championships. So to me, I 100% agree, Cy. CP3 has to be bought into whatever his role is, and there's no room for egos in this locker room. There's no room for egos in winning championships. And if he's not willing to accept that, then I wouldn't be surprised if CP3 is not a warrior come the trade deadline. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. Uh, We got more here, including uh, some sound from Clay Thompson pertaining to his relatively new role Saturday night, where he's going to be starting the game, I guess, officially as their power forward, given that's the position he's going to be defending. It's very bizarre. We're going to touch on that and much more to wrap up the show. First, got to give some love, though, to the fan fan dual sportsbook the official sportsbook of the locked on podcast network in fact i was just on there today because i was looking up uh the the latest odds on who fanbook considers to be the favorites FanDuel, i'm sorry uh who they consider to be the favorites to win the championship this year and the warriors right now are sixth i believe it's plus 1700 um they're just behind the celtics the bucks uh the suns the Lakers, and the Nuggets. So the Warriors are right behind those five teams. Do you agree with that? Is that a fair place to put them, Kylan, in your opinion, uh, in terms of their title odds? Is sixth appropriate, too low, too high? Your thoughts? Uh, I think it's fair. I think it's fair for now. To me, this team is still very unproven because last year they were barely able to keep their heads above 500. I think this is a much improved Warriors team from a season ago, but there's still a lot to prove. To me, there's still a lot to prove. Um, I think that they very well could be contenders. I don't say that with a ton of confidence because I still would have liked to see them add a true center and another big um, when utilizing those those final two roster spots. They didn't go the direction that you or I, Cyrus, as we've talked mm-hmm. about, would have necessarily gone. Dwight Howard would have honestly leaned me more towards this being a championship caliber team. Um, and that would still be contingent on a lot of ifs. Everyone stays health, healthy if – Howard truly has matured and is able to take on the veteran role and everyone's buying in and everything works. Like if everything clicks, that would still be a big if. Um, so that's my only concern remains the size of the Warriors. Yeah. The age also is a factor as well. Um, but I think that that's not necessarily like outlandish uh, just in terms of what the team did last year, who they added in the off season. We know you can't count out Steph Clay. Yep the entire core. So I'm hoping they outperform that. I think there definitely is the potential, but I don't think that's necessarily far off just based on what they did last season. It's the same starters who are back. Yeah. They added some role players. I think they got incrementally better, but did they get better enough to be a championship contender? What do you think? Yeah, we'll find out. I mean, I, I what I think initially, uh, cause even again, I was on this show earlier today with four other hosts and I love getting their perspective um, and one of the hosts came out right away and said, well, the Warriors got so much worse than last year. They're older and they didn't really add anyone. And I really? jumped in and was like, well, but again, they're not doing their like research that carefully. I think that's just like a, an immediate reaction. And I had to correct him really fast and say, look, this team is actually night and day better when it comes to the roster versus a year ago. They're not going to be giving important minutes to Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb, for example. Those minutes yeah. are now going to the Dario Sharches of the world. Moses Moody and Kaminga are going to have to play, and I hope Kerr is at that realization. Um, Trace Jackson Davis is a player I'm super excited about. Gary Payton II, easy to forget, did not play any minutes for this team last year. We didn't see him until the very end. I don't, I don't even know if he played in the regular season, maybe the last couple of games, but the point is this is a completely different team than what we saw a year ago, I think age is going to play a huge part. Like if, if they're suffering from injuries throughout the season, then uh, I don't know. But 
Um, if they can keep it together and stay healthy for a postseason run, I'm incredibly optimistic. But regardless, you can bet on that and so much more by uh, visiting the FanDuel Sportsbook. And look, right now it's also football season. You can snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers, if you decide you want to sign up for FanDuel, you can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's it. Five bucks and you get $200 in bonus bets, which is as good as cash on that app. Win or lose. It's awesome. So with so visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of obviously the NBA, but also it's football season, the NFL. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. File with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. You are Locked On Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're finishing things up here. Follow Kylan Mills on all social media platforms at Kylan Mills. You can follow me on threads at Dog Wild. There's a lot of uh, great comments. I have starred Kylan to say for the end of the show. I want to quickly play the sound clip, though, um, courtesy of uh, Clay Thompson, because I don't think we've heard his perspective and his thoughts on playing the power forward position. Um, I had some people, at least on threads, and, and the trolls are starting to emerge on threads, so I know that platform's starting to blow up. Um, and I had some people coming uh, at me saying, well, th- this isn't anything new for Clay Thompson. And I'm like, well, technically, maybe that's true if when you consider you know, a, a switch-happy defensive scheme, but I don't remember Clay Thompson ever starting in this position. This seems very new to me. Um, and yeah. here are his thoughts on playing the four. Clay, one on WNBA question. Steve was up here recently talking about with Draymond being out, Chris starting this first preseason game that he envisioned you guarding fours a lot more this season. Just kind of want to ask about your comfortability defending in the post and how you, how you envision your defensive role as well. Well, the, the, nowadays it seems like the NBA is pretty positionless and the power four position is so different than it was when I was watching the game as a kid, you know, like like big forwards like Kevin Garnett and Tim Duncan and um, all those great power forwards of the 2000s with Amari Stoudemire, so many. Those guys who have that ability nowadays kind of play the five position and they don't even, guys like Embiid and, and Jokic, they play on the perimeter a ton. So I don't see it being the hardest transition for myself. I am, I pride myself on being able to switch and guard every position, not for long periods, but for short spurts. And I'm just going to do whatever's asked of me. Uh, we have such a cerebral, talented team. 
we can uh, all lean, lean on each other, especially for our strength, strengths and weaknesses. Here's why, Kylan, I don't like this move for the most part, is Clay Thompson with uh, Jordan Poole traded away is now the number two scorer on this team. Um, like without question, like Jordan Poole averaged over 20 points last year. Uh, so, you know, he gave you a lot of points as well without his production. Um, if Clay's not on it offensively, it's Steph. And then I don't know who else Wiggins, maybe. I mean, if is Kaminga ready to take on that big of a mantle? So I don't like the idea of the Warriors number two scorer being beaten to a pulp, defending power forwards, being worn down. We've seen what happens when his energy levels are not optimal his shot struggles that is my biggest critique about him starting as a power forward what is your reaction um i agree with what you said i mean i think there certainly is reason for concern what is this workload going to look like for clay thompson how is he going to be able to handle it both on the offensive and defensive end because you make a great point if he's going up against bigger stronger players i know clay has gotten a little bit bigger he certainly is strong but still against some posts not all because as he pointed out, as you pointed out, the NBA is fairly position positionless and is very fluid in today's day and age. And a lot of players are going, or a lot of teams rather, are going more with the stretch fours, players who might be a little bit smaller, a little bit lankier, uh, you know, who have the ability to shoot the ball more the finesse than the power forward. Um, so I think that'll work in his favor. But at the same time, you still don't know, depending on the team and the matchup, what kind of workload Clay Thompson is going to be up against. And I think there's something to be said for whether or not fatigue could be a factor on the offensive end. Um, so it's certainly something to be aware of. Um, does he not get winded chasing around shooting guards? I mean, he does. And I think there's, you know, that's fair as well. But there's a different level of physicality against some power forwards in the league that's not the same as just running and chasing around a guy in the perimeter, literally getting beat up and like having to deal with the contact under the basket. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think it'll be fine. I don't think that should be a long term play for the Warriors. Like in this situation, for a game or for a short period of time while Draymond is dealing with an injury, sure. But I think long term, that is not going to be, you know, a good solution for the Warriors. Yeah. And, and, and again, we've seen Clay handle the, the rigor of defending other smaller uh, elite offensive players and he's thrived. He's not the same player granted now as he was then, but uh, at least we've seen it. He's accustomed to that. And, you know, it, I trust it. It's been there, done that kind of thing. And he hasn't been there, done that when it comes to defending power forward. So it, it's, it's interesting. We'll see what happens, but I'm not a huge fan of it. Um, and Douglas Mikes, I agree. It is funny if Clay spent the offseason trying to get back in shape to chase around guards. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he's being told to defend power forwards. I told, That's my train of thought. Agreed. Exactly. Agreed. <laughs> um, so he, there's a lot of great stuff in the chat. I want to first start off. I finally got my answer about uh, the, the San Jose team, and Paul Hansen adds to this, that there was a San Jose women's basketball team that Jennifer Azy played for. I had to finally just look up Jennifer Azy's career. I'm like, wait, wait a second. I remember seeing her play in San Jose. It was a different league. I remember back Got then it. it was introduced in 1996. That was called the American Basketball League. Um, and so she she was one of the co-founders of the league, and she played for a team called the San Jose Lasers. That's who I was thinking of. So my apologies for that. Uh, there, You're right. You were right. San Sacramento Monarchs was the closest thing. Uh, Northern California has had, but you to, still uh, weren't totally crazy. So that's the good news. I wasn't crazy. Exactly. I wasn't crazy. <laughs> there was a team lead. in San Jose, <laughs> <laughs> and the ABL folded. I guess. Um, so thank you, Paul Hansen, as well. A lot of good stuff in the chat. Let's. Uh, some of it is very uh, flippant and, and funny. For example, Retzel writes, "So bird dogs will make me handsome." 
sure yeah you, you'll, you'll find your future wife just buy some bird dogs put it on it, it'll totally work absolutely um i'm being facetious no i can't guarantee that uh andre who's been on fire tonight in the chat writes if chris paul keeps dunking in practice he might not make it past preseason i look i don't know kylan if you've seen those clips chris yeah. paul is in fact dunking in practice every time i see that I think of uh, Andre Iguodala and how every time he dunked, he missed months of play. Stop doing that, Chris. What the hell are you thinking? You're an old man. You're an old man. Back in my no day. dunking in practice. Yes. Yeah, New Warriors that. rule because they're all getting to be old men in NBA <laughs> standards. If you're over 30, if you're 33 and up, no dunking in practice. <laughs> see, it's all what it did to Andre. The Warriors cannot afford an injury of any kind. And they were the same age. Uh, Steve Perry, uh, uh, Remedy the Lighting. I'm moving to a permanent housing situation in three months. This is a rental I'm in, so please bear with me on the lighting thing. I know it's not perfect. I apologize for that. Uh, Douglas Mikes writes, pick one player that you're most excited to watch this year. We'll narrow it down to the Warriors. Uh, Douglas Mikes uh, picks Jonathan Kaminga. Who are you most excited to watch this season, Kylan? Moses Moody. I've been on the Moody train for a while, but he is a player that I expect to make a huge jump. I think if he continues the momentum of how he was playing in the postseason last year, he is going to be a key piece uh, in the Warriors rotation. I just hope that he comes out and, you know, brings the confidence that he left with. He played with urgency, intensity. He hit shots. He played good defense. At times, it didn't look like that during the regular season, but I think we saw more of his potential and he was given a longer leash. I hope he put in the work in the offseason and that he comes out and makes a huge jump. Year three is a big year for a lot of NBA players, and I'm hoping it's the same for both J.K. and Moody. But since uh, J.K. was already thrown out there, I'm going to say Moody because I think Love that it. you know he could be possibly a key piece in the second unit. And because he took uh, Kamingo, you took Moody. I'm going to go with Trace Jackson Davis. I am very fascinated to see this kid. I still can't believe the Warriors landed him. It's it's in a, a minor miracle uh, that he fell to the Warriors at number 57 in the second round. Uh, Zolis uh, writes, as we wrap things up here, how much of a better defender is Devin Booker compared to Curry? In my humble opinion, the only difference is size. Uh, Devin Booker has two, three inches on Steph. Your thoughts, Kylan? Uh, my thoughts are... Uh... I don't think he's that much better of a defender. I think Steph Curry's gotten a lot better the last two, three, four, five years. Like even in the last five years, I feel like he's not a bad defender. Um, but my thoughts are that we got to wrap it up. So good to see <laughs> yeah, everyone. Yeah. All right. Great to chat. We yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, Absolutely. Uh, um, so real quick, SG Sports Talk wants to have you as a guest on his YouTube channel. Uh, so, you know, if you, if you want to do that, there we go. Uh, AC writes, what channel was this panel on that I was on today? That's coming out in two weeks. Uh, it will be published here, right here on Locked On Warriors. Uh, October 19th is when it's published. Um, okay. And I think that's it. Yeah. Are we all good? Anything else I missed in the chat? We all good? Bye-bye, Kyle. Good. You're, you're racing Bye. out of here. I don't blame you. You're, you're going to Iowa, right? Have fun, kiddo. Iowa. That sounds... <laughs> Bye, everyone. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.